Here we go, folks. Animal Tales podcast brought to you by SPCA Tampa Bay. It's episode number nine. We are talking transfers. My name is Eric Keaton. Our special guest is the transfer and rescue coordinator, Caitlin Coley. Caitlin, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? Awesome. And I love your title, transfer <laughs> and rescue coordinator. Rescue. Uh, first thing first, for our listeners and viewers out there on YouTube, I always like to ask our SPCA Tampa Bay guests, who are you and how long have you been here with SPCA Tampa Bay? Uh, my name is Caitlin Coley. I'm the Transfer and Rescue Coordinator. Um, this July, I'll be here for six years. So I'd start out in animal welfare, doing our adoption program and everything. Um, had a short stint with marketing and our offsite adoptions and everything like that. And then the last four years, I've been in the Transfer and Rescue Coordinator position. Outstanding. Six years. I think uh, memory, the past few guests on our episodes, you have the longest tenure. Act, Ashley and I actually have the same start date. So if y'all watched a couple episodes back, Ashley and I both started Wildlife. July 3rd. Yep. <laughs> With one of the greatest opens on YouTube ever, the wildlife trailer. I hope we thought of something uh, for transfers. Very important to our organization. Absolutely. More than 1,400 last year alone through your four years of being in this role, was that high, average, lower? I would say it was a little on the high side. Um, we obviously went through COVID and everything like that, and those numbers just, we say they don't count, basically. Everything was very low during that time, and then it had almost that rubber band effect where you know, no one had pets and we needed pets, and we were trying to you know find those through our transfer program, and then, now here we are, and last year was pretty high for us. Um, this year we're on track, we're probably about the same. So when most folks think, or at least in my uh, circle of friends, think of an animal shelter, yep. a four-all shelter, uh, they're thinking dogs, cats, you know, for us, the pocket pets, people come in and surrender them, you know, I, here's my situation, can you please find a new forever home? But the transfer and rescue, Describe this department because it may be the area that most people only think of during emergencies. Yeah. Um, so SPCA Tampa Bay is very unique in that we are, you know, that open admission resource for our own community, but we still have such an awesome adopter base where we need more pets than our own community supplies. And so that's when our, you know, our source partners come in. They have an overabundance of animals and we're able to, you know, strategically plan those transfers in. Um, I try to usually do at least one or two a week. Um, that may be, you know, it could be 10 animals, it could be 15, it could only be, you know, two dogs that week. It just kind of depends on our capacity, their capacity, everything like that. Also with you, um, with SPCA Tampa Bay, we take in all species. And so we do, you know, we have that resource for our own community, but I've also, you know, we just took in a hedgehog a couple weeks ago on transfer. <laughs> um, our One of our partners, um, Humane Society of Treasure Coast, um, they do some other like species adoptions, but they do focus on dogs and cats. And they were like, can you all help us with this? And we know you'll move it a lot faster. And we're like, sure, send them on up. So we adopted out Lazarus just a couple weeks ago. And um, same thing with Tallahassee. They have sent us a bearded dragon, um, a couple of guinea pigs, just 
odds and ends animals. <laughs> so it's cool to be able to help out with those like very niche critters. So what is the transfer process like for you? Is somebody like Tallahassee mm-hmm. or the Treasure Coast picking up the phone, similar role, call Caitlin, have some extra animals, SPCA Tampa Bay, that's the place they'll be able to find them a forever mm-hmm. home quicker. Talk about that process a little bit. Yeah, so um, we, we I kind of work... I meet my partners where they are basically so everyone operates just slightly bit different um so I, I kind of if they're doing one process for how they you know showcase their animals i'll kind of you know review off of those whether it's a trello board or you know working word document stuff like that um we do try to focus on animals that are going to move fairly quickly through our process so some of that variety comes to our floor one they're only going to be on our adoption floor for a little bit but it also draws people in to come look at the other animals that we do have. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have some cases where we're able to say yes to a couple medical cases. And so we brought in animals that need emergency surgery or, you know, an amputation that they're just not going to be able to get at the current shelter that they're at for maybe another two months or wow. something. Yeah. You know, we don't want animals sitting like that for longer than they need to be. So if, you know, Dr. P is able to say, yeah, I can get them in next week, be like, all right, put them on the truck and <laughs> we'll come on in. Yeah. And Caitlin, from a high level, yeah. once the animals are here talk about that process a little bit because i've seen your team in action Mm -hmm. one your one person (laughs) department and anybody that's seen our videos or any of matt's videos of like a hurricane transfer coming in that the media just gravitates toward we'll see like six or seven people here working you have to put all that together to get volunteer talk about that a little bit in that process once they get here and then how soon they get to the adoption floor. Yeah, I think everything is really just dependent on our own resources. Like any given time, like sometimes things can, you know, we've had my most memorable one was we had a dog came in that morning and was adopted that afternoon. That was my fastest like in and out transfer (laughs) we ever had. It's not always that quick, but um, usually they'll come in most of the time unaltered. And so therefore they'll maybe have to sit a couple of days, get evaluated, and then they'll move through our spay and neuter process here. Um, if they're heartworm positive, they might sit for a little bit longer. We have a five day holding period for them just to keep an eye, make sure that they're recovering well from that process. And then they'll go up for adoption from there. Um, yes, I am the only one who does transfer and rescue coordinator, but I'm very lucky that I have a team that supports me and anything I ask for. So like, you know, my intake department, but I also rely very heavily on vet services. Obviously the adoptions are the ones who are getting them out of here. So mm-hmm. it's definitely um, a lot of community teamwork, all of our core values at play, I think. Yeah. And a lot of those transfers don't just happen in the middle of the day, they happen very <laughs> early in the morning, overnight, late at night. Describe what that's like for you being here and getting those animals they've been on the road for Mm -hmm. a long time but also talk a little bit about when you have to go on the road do you use (laughs) earplugs because i've heard the stories we've had members of our marketing team travel before and they get the video and i'm like okay it's i know it's only four hours from tallahassee (laughs) 
but you have 30, 40 animals mm-hmm. in the back, and they're just not quiet along for the ride. Yeah, I would say it's really hit or miss. You have the ones that you think are going to be a quiet ride when it's like adult dogs, but like, yeah, they're going to just sleep, and then, mm-hmm. you know, they don't. <laughs> and then sometimes the puppies will, you know, they'll sleep for the first three hours, and then, but that last hour when I'm sitting in Tampa traffic is when they want to all wake up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we go, we're almost there. No, I usually do. I'll do podcasts on my way there, and then um, on the way back, I'll put on some music and kind of I'll I'll shift through a couple of genres, see what the dogs want to listen to. Sometimes it works better. And if they're unruly, then they're unruly. And we'll listen to whatever I want to listen to. So Hopefully Caitlin's <laughs> listening to the Animal Tales podcast <laughs> with Eric Eaton on one of them. They're only about 20, 30 minutes long. Um, great stuff. Let's go back to 2017. Yeah. I know uh, you were not in this role, but share with us... Uh, these are the transfers that most folks, because the media gravitates, you know, toward our organization, especially when we have transfers in uh, during hurricanes. Absolutely. Uh, so that year we had Irma and Maria, two very different transfers that were happening with our organization. Yeah. Um, so Irma came in 2017. Um, I was very new to the organization, and I remember us. We had um, we were able to transfer out all of our adoptable dogs, so the anyone who was on our adoption floor ready to go, um, they went up to St. Hubert's um, and welfare in New Jersey. Um, So that was um, very interesting. And me and any of our other staff at the time, we're not used to our animals leaving. Yeah, because Irma was coming, did uh, come to the Tampa Bay area, much like Ian went to South last year. Yeah, we were out of power. I mean, we were in hindsight, we did everything right. Like our, you know, our current person who was handling the transfer and rescue, like absolutely made the right call and needing to get those animals out. Our shelter was still standing, everything like that. We didn't experience too much damage, but we were out of power for, I think, about a week, mm-hmm. which in big picture, that's not too bad. But yeah. Irma s- was devastating. Not as devastating as Ian, Absolutely. but still without power and essential yeah. resources. Yeah. I mean, we still had to come in every morning. Anyone who could safely make it to the shelter mm-hmm. came in to clean and you know get the animals walked, fed, whatever we could safely do. So um, I was fortunate that my path to the shelter was a safe one. So I came in, I think, every day during that like period while we were out of power and everything. I think we had sent some of our cats out too. Um, so we were able to do a deep clean of feline friends once <laughs> That was emptied out. It was a clear the shelter event <laughs> without clearing the shelter. Absolutely. <laughs> and then um, Maria came in um, just a couple months later, and that was something that I don't think we've done since, but we had the opportunity. I can't remember the exact organization, but they had organized essentially where they were bringing owned animals from Puerto Rico to our shelter here. And we housed them in our training room, and we were able to hold them for a certain amount of time um, until their owners could come back over and... Um, that was really, I mean, it was emotional. I remember, like, everyone, um, we had a couple staff members who, like, were speaking Spanish, like, really trying to, oh, com- yeah. like, you know, connect with the people. Um, and just to kind of, the idea was to get everyone safely back together. And yeah. it, it did. It was absolutely incredible. And that's who we are as an organization. Yeah. So from Puerto Rico, I know SPCA Louisiana needed our help mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago. Um, probably have some stories from Houston when they were hit by, uh, you know, that massive uh, flooding after the hurricane uh, a few years ago uh, as well. Who are some of the other organizations that we work with to bring animals in that we have great relationships with? Yeah. So like for like our regular partners and everything. Right. Yeah. Um, so we have a lot of longstanding relationships that were actually 
created well before I was even in the position. So, you know, these are relationships that are five, six years old. Um, Franklin County Humane, they mm-hmm. are in East Point, Florida, which is up in our panhandle. They are um, one of my favorite partners. I will help, I'll throw that out there. Um, we get a lot of our hound dogs from there. A lot of awesome cats come from there. Um, we get some pretty cool medical cases from there. Um, and unfortunately, we've gotten some cruelty cases from there, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've actually had two animals recently that came. Um, they entered their shelter um, extremely emaciated. Um, a good Samaritan found them on the side of the road. Um, two young puppies, they were just curled up in a little ball. They brought them in just... Any parasite you want, they got it. (laughs) Um, Angus and Zelda is what they had named them. They were at their shelter for, I think, about almost two months, just recovering, you know, putting on weight, learning how to be, you know, happy puppies. And they reached out to us and they're like, hey, we did a lot of this heavy lifting. You know, we did, we put in this first work. Can you guys, you know, take the baton, you know, hand off the torch. We want to see y'all get them adopted out. And so um, we brought them in, I think, just a couple weeks ago. Um, Angus went quicker than I think we (laughs) imagined. He was already pretty healthy. Um, They were also already spayed and neutered, so Angus really just got checked out and went up on our adoption floor and was gone that same day. I think he was only on the adoption floor for 30 minutes. So, you know, going from a... Well, his name was Angus. (laughs) Famous guitar player. You know, know, the emaciated puppy on the side of the road to now in a very loving home. The pictures before and after are amazing. Yeah, they're they're interesting. And then now we do still have Zelda in care. Um, She is a younger dog. I think she's only about six or seven months old. It's kind of hard to tell, you know, given Mm -hmm. she might have some stunted growth. But she's already heartworm positive, which is actually very sad that she's such a young puppy and already has that disease. So we're going to treat her for that um, and then get her up for adoption as soon as we can. Awesome. So and we shared uh, some pictures of of some of those uh, animals. Zelda, a little bit of German short haired pointer. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Looks like uh, uh, definitely had uh, some of that in, in her as well. What else to share about this transfer program and rescue program? that we have here at SBCA Tampa Bay. Yeah, um, just I uh, wanna you know highlight a couple of our other partners. We do have Tallahassee Animal Services up in the Panhandle as well. We do have, we have quite a, I would say most of our partners reside in that Panhandle area. That's where they need a lot of assistance. So um, we worked with the shelter that's there in Chipley. Um, all the way out to like Walton County Animal Services, which is just about, you know, far west as you can go in Florida. (laughs) Um, Then we do have a couple partners out of state. We do try to focus here in Florida because there's a need, but we do have an awesome shelter um, in Whitfield County, Georgia. So um, that's Walton, or sorry, Whitfield County, yes. And then it's in Dalton, Georgia. When you were, <laughs> earlier, Caitlin, when you were describing how you were going through the spreadsheets and on the phone and everything, I quickly in my head had the vision of like a sports general manager going through, well, you know, uh, Zelda looks pretty good. What about Angus? <laughs> you know, spade neuter? Good, good. Put him on the list. Put him on the truck. You know, the trade is complete. <laughs> That's the picture I had in my head. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and I, it's like, I hate to say it, but a lot of times it is kind of like looking at animals in a spreadsheet and trying to make those best decisions. We do also have, you know, those kind of outliers that are, you know, my partners know how to get me. They'll, 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 they'll they'll sell me a story and be like, 
fine, they can come. <laughs> and, and also your experience, you and you know our community. Yes. You've been in adoptions before. You know uh, what our community is looking for. Absolutely. I mean, Angus gone in, in 30 minutes. The other dog, Zelda, going to be here a little bit longer, medical conditions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we're able to move them quicker, that makes a, a big decision. Yes. Yeah, I mean, those to me are some sometimes easy guesses that they can just come on in and we know that they'll be gone just as fast which then in turn helps me say yes to the mm -hmm. next transfer because we've opened up those you know five kennels already um on the other side of so i do you know transfers in we also do have quite a few rescue partners so when we have animals that maybe aren't going to be adoption candidates here whether you know they have something behaviorally going on or maybe something medical i think we see a lot of medical stuff that's outside of our resources and we're very fortunate to have quite a few rescue partners that are able to essentially pick up those pieces you know where we fall short they're able to you know say yes we can be able to handle this case and so that's the other side of what i do yeah and and you mentioned earlier dr p mm -hmm. dr sharon pindar and, and the medical staff here briefly yeah. talk a little bit about them because i'm sure for them and, and i hope to have dr p and, and other members of their team on uh the animal tales podcast here in, in the near future because I'm sure their protocols and what they go through for one of your transfers coming in is very different than XYZ dog being surrendered yeah. because of, of a various reason from here in the local community. Yeah, um, for the most part, I'll have at least some sort, it's, it's different because we have usually medical background from you know the animals that I have coming in from the transfers, but mm -hmm. we don't always have that behavior background. A lot yeah. of times they come in as strays to the other shelters, so we're like, all we know is from the last, you know, week they were there. Yeah. <laughs> like this is the kind of dog that we think that they might be. Versus when they are coming through our intake office, we typically have that better background of, mm -hmm. you know, they lived in the home for X amount of years and they like cats and they, you know, they love to hang out with two year old kids and stuff like that versus I don't know if Zelda's ever met a child, but you know, she'll give it her best go. Or been to the vet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so important, like at our own veterinary center right now, and because it's hurricane season, please go to your veterinarian. Yes. Get your pet checked. Check the microchip. You know, have an exam. So that way there's some history. It just helps prolong the animal's life. Absolutely. And if you're a human, do that for yourself as well. <laughs> My goodness, our, the health of our, our country, and uh, not only for us, but for our pets. Go to the doctor. Get a physical. <laughs> that was my lone rant. I usually don't rant uh, on this podcast, Caitlin. Caitlin is one of our few followers on LinkedIn. I rarely mention that social media channel, uh, channel but uh, she is there all the time. Thank you for that. I try. I know engagement is very important. different from Facebook and, and Instagram. Anything else you would like to add about this transfer protocol that we have here at SBCA Tampa Bay? I'm sure there is, and, <laughs> and nothing that comes to my mind right now. Um, we do try. I mean, you'll see if you ever um, do come to our shelter, you'll see on their kennel cards, um, mm -hmm. it'll say like how they got into our shelter. It'll usually say um, PP out of space, which means placement partner out of space. So you can kind of see which dogs we do have that are transfer candidates. It doesn't just quite say, you know, transfer in big, bold letters. But any of our adoption counselors can talk to you about, you know, who's a transfer. If I have any background, I put it in notes for our counselors to try to go over some of that background but sometimes it's 
I don't know anything about this dog. They just showed up one day and here, here, here we are. But sometimes we do have that cool story where, you know, they're found in the Waffle House parking Mm -hmm. lot. And that's why his name is Pancake, you know, (laughs) something along those lines. Cool stories that before we sign off, make sure I don't forget that Caitlin shares because she was also one of our guest hosts for Day of Giving last year. Yes. That talks about our transfer program. Were you nervous when you did that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, you did great. I knew it could be edited, so it was all right. That was an outstanding campaign. Thanks to folks like Caitlin who, and Dr. P as well, and all of our other SBCA Tampa Bay uh, guest hosts for that day of giving that really helped us raise a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I'll sign off uh, for this segment with this and remind people, last year, 1,460 animals transferred to our facility. That is about 120 a month. And remember, for every animal in our care, it costs more than $30 to take care of them one day. Start to do the math, folks. (laughs) Fist bump. Let's do it. Fist bump. That's transfer. Rescue coordinator, Caitlin Coley. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap up this episode number nine. Thank you. Thank you. Your best friend deserves the best care. Book an appointment today with the SPCA Tampa Bay Veterinary Center, a state-of-the-art facility with a state-of-the-art staff and state-of-the-art patients, too. All your pet health needs in one location, accepting new patients today. Call 727-220-1770. Welcome back to the podcast. It's called Animal Tales. I'm Eric Keaton. Thanks for watching on YouTube and for listening on Spotify, Apple, or whoever you like to select for your podcast provider. Let's talk about barking news. It's breaking news, but we like to bark out all of our event information. All right. I have my lineup in front of me. Glasses are on. We have a kitten shower coming up on July 8th. All of the information is on our website and on social media. Think of a kitten shower just like a bridal shower. So we are asking for donations for our kittens. Uh, One of our previous podcasts with Hunter was talking about fostering kittens. He's going to be there providing some instruction. We're going to be recruiting new volunteers. It's happening in Largo, July 8th. It's on a Saturday kitten shower. Yes, there will be kittens there to answer that question. But before that, the last weekend of June is the big pride event down in St. Pete, SPCA Tampa Bay. I want to say three, four or more years now, we'll have our parade vehicle. Look for it. It's going to be exciting. On that Sunday, there is a community event And we'll also have our team out there talking about our vet center. And remember, at the vet center, I'm going to talk about it in a little bit, they have a special right now to save you some money and to help your pet get prepared for hurricane season, an exam, and check on that microchip. Very important uh, right now, and you can make that appointment at our veterinary center. I'll talk about that uh, a little bit more. 
And leading into August, more barking news. We have a Raise Up event on Friday, August 25th. Mark it on your calendar right now. Rays versus Yankees. We'll have tickets. Some of those tickets that we are selling on behalf of the Rays will come back as a donation to SPCA Tampa Bay. That's big. It's also the day before our Clear the Shelters event, August 26th. Last year, more than 100 animals went home for no adoption fee. We'll have a special podcast that day. More stuff. Our ambassadors, our current class of 2023, they are online. They are outstanding. Learn about them. There'll be a test during the next podcast. Just kidding about the test. All right, hurricane prep. Folks, uh, we have this on the website. We talked about it a little bit uh, during our last podcast. I just want to go over these top tips again for getting your pet and you ready for hurricane season. One, know your flood and evacuation zone. Go to PinellasCounty.org. Go to Hillsborough County. Uh, we have those links on our website at SBCATampaBay.org. Learn your zone. They have changed and learn your flood zone as well. I will say this, the maps are complicated. <laughs> Plan where you're going to go if an evacuation is necessary or ordered. You may have to pre-register. You will have to pre-register for a pet-friendly shelter. But have your plan. Know where you're going to go. A pet-friendly hotel, you're going to hunker down, or you're going to get out of town. Have the plan. Get ready. Never leave your pets alone if you have to evacuate. Just like never leave your pets uh, in a car, you know, especially during this uh, humid and hot season. You don't leave them at home. Pack at least three to five days worth of supplies, just like you would for yourself, whether it's food, it's batteries, it's a flashlight, whatever you need, the medicine that you need, uh, certain favorite drinks, whatever it is for your pet, their food, bag it up, get ready in case you will not have power or you'll be on the road for three to five days. And as always, make sure you have water. And the last tip we have is, is start planning now. I mean, whether it's a Hurricane Irma and headed our way or Ian and our facility is, is uh, making preparations to move animals out or it's a Hurricane Maria, we're bringing animals in. You need to prepare as well. This organization prepares for thousands of animals that we have in our care. You may have one or two pets at home. If you need help, go to our website or pick up the phone and call us. Heck, I will help you if you need that information. Our business hours, our location, and my email is all online. You can find that information. All right, uh, that's going to do it for this uh, episode number nine. Again, remember, have your pet checked out and examined our veterinary center. Uh, also, their microchip. Microchip isn't like a GPS, but it will have your name updated and your information should your pet be separated from you during the storm or anytime, uh, even right now during non-storm, if they just happen to, to wander off. My name is Eric Keaton. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll see you and we'll have you listen to us on the next podcast. Thank you. Thank you.